Hello and welcome to Without Edges, brought to you by Harcourts and Connect Now, Australia's longest established and leading home moving services. They make your clients' moving experience stress-free and simple. They will take care of your clients and you take home the rewards. Without Edges is the podcast that connects you with people who are achieving amazing things in life and, of course, the inside tips for real estate. I'm your host, Sartre Smiles. So joining us today is Natalie South. She is the award-winning BDM from Harcourt Solutions in Brisbane. She has worked in all areas of property management, so she really understands the business intimately and has a massive focus on the level and type of service that she provides to her clients. She has bought, renovated, sold and rented homes, so she totally understands what her clients are looking for. Natalie, it is an absolute delight to have you on Without Edges. Welcome. Thanks, Sardner. Thank you so much for having me this morning. So I'm, I'm really ex- actually excited to talk to you um, today about growth because our focus on our podcast today is, is purely on, on growth and how to build your business, whether you have a sales department or you don't have a sales department. But I do want to start by sharing your background because you actually didn't start in real estate. You started in another role, didn't you? Another industry, sorry. Yeah. I was. I was in a, a completely different in- industry. So straight out of school, I went in to become a special needs teacher aide for the first five years of my working life, um, which was an extremely um, fun part of, I guess, what I've done and skills I've learned and, and that sort of thing and definitely trans- transferable in terms of what we do every day in communication and being able to read people and understand people without them actually telling us what they want to say and after that I moved into a debt collection role so I started at an entry level role and then I was a team leader um, running a team of 10 for the biggest debt collection company in Australia. <laughs> what a great experience to get into property management being able to read <laughs> verbal and non-verbal body language and then debt collection fantastic. <laughs> I know. I think all really transferable skills in terms of being able to communicate and understand what people want and being able to actively listen and interpret without, I guess, actually having having people tell you exactly what they want to say. So at what point did you decide to jump into real estate and become a BDM? So I actually wasn't looking to move into real estate. It wasn't anything that had crossed my mind in the slightest. Um, I'd become really efficient at what I was doing in my team leader role and just felt like I needed a new challenge. And at that time, my neighbour, Scott Rumble, um, actually worked as a sales agent for Harcourt Solutions out of the Mitchelton office. And he just said to me, look, Nat, I think you'd be really fantastic in real estate. You don't need to make a change, but just come and meet with Martin, which is the business owner at that time, um, and just see what he has to offer. And within 20 minutes of meeting Martin, I had resigned. Um, that was the end of my old role and I went into sales for a period of six months um, before making a transition to actually property management to go and help my mother-in-law with her business at the Gold Coast. So I fell into sales and then I fell into property management. She needed someone with good communication skills and the ability to and want to work hard. So whilst I didn't know property management, I had, I guess, the crunks and the skills you need to be able to be a good property manager. Um, and yeah, the rest was history from there, from property management I was ready to come back to Brisbane to work um, again because I was travelling from Brisbane to the Gold Coast 
And whilst it was great working with my mother-in-law, we'd have achieved what we wanted to achieve. So it was time to come back to Brisbane. And I called Martin and just said, look, I'm looking to have a job back in Brisbane now. Is there anything available? Um, met with Etienne that day and I was employed by that afternoon and the rest is history. And that was two and a half years ago now. That was yeah, February 2017. So for our listeners, let's just qualify you in terms of how successful you've been. You've been the Harcourt's number one BDM at the National Awards, but let's talk about mm-hmm. you know, numbers. What does it actually mean? So I'm going to fire some number questions at you, and I, and I know you, you will be able to answer this straight away. How many appraisals do you do a month? I do eight appraisals a week, so... 32 a month. So we work on a week by week basis in terms of our numbers. Um, And when I say, when I talk about an appraisal, that's an appraisal that someone's ready to list. So I would speak with more clients, but they're the people that are ready to make a decision. Yeah. Okay, great. And then what is the main source of your clients? Where are they mainly coming from? I've actually got a pretty even split in terms of, um, I've got a really strong referral partner base. So buyers agents, um, I've got a number of buyers agents, actually four that I work with really, really well. And then I've got two mortgage brokers that I work with really well as well. So just to run numbers for you, um, last month we did 28 managements and 11 of those came from one buyer's agent. That's 11 wow. signed management. Wow. And, and because the buyer's agent is referring you, they're going to sign up with you anyway, aren't they? And that's the best part of that type of referral business. They trust the buyer's agent, so you're correct. Once it comes to, to us, um, we've got a 98% strike rate with that. There's the occasional one that are really um, – because the buyer's agents do actually put two two people forward. So they put myself and another property manager because they don't want to be seeing bias towards me. If the client asks for their opinion, they definitely say, well, look, Natalie would be our recommendation. Um, But I complete an interview checklist, which the client looks at when they're considering, okay, who are they going to speak with? So that's the opportunity that gets me to actually have the conversation with the client. Okay. I'm going to park the interview checklist for a moment because I know people want to know what's on there. But what I want to do is actually one more, two more numbers. Out of the 32 Mm -hmm. or so, so you do on average per month. How many of those do you actually bring in as listings? In terms of cold business? Oh, just total. So on average, how many listings do you bring in per month? Um, so on average, 28 management. So per 28 management per month. And what's been your biggest listing month? Have you had one that where you've um, had more than 28? 32. Wow. Well done. Congratulations. So, yes. 32. Thank you. Yeah. So, and look, those those numbers vary. Um, last year, I was the only business development manager for Harcourt Solutions. This year, we have another business development manager that works with us. So, um, that load has been split, which is is good. Um, but we're still, you know, consistently. This month, I'm on 29. So, hoping we've got one day of the month left, yes. hoping to to tip the 30. Break the record again, maybe potentially. Who knows? Yeah. So yes, you exactly. um, you mentioned interview checklist. Just you know, briefly mm-hmm. walk us through what type of questions you ask on that. Perfect. So look, that's actually basically a listing presentation um, on paper. So the buyers agents give that to us. Um, give that to the client before the client even rings me. So that's my opportunity to wow the client into encouraging them to give us a call. So that's how many properties we manage, what areas we service, 
what our fee structure looks like, but what's behind that fee structure. So basically everything you would talk about when you meet a client face-to-face is on that checklist and the buyer's agent gives that to the client before when they're deciding whether they're going to call us or not. Right. Okay, great. Now, you've got four offices that you work across. Um, Mm -hmm. How many sales agents are there in total in the business? There's 29 sales agents. And I look after 15 of those. Right. Okay. And and how do you go? Because, I mean, this is one of the um, battles that we have a lot is, is building that relationship with the sales agent so we get the referrals, right? So, how do you, mm-hmm. how do, you do that with the 15 that you work with? Look, I think um, it's definitely about building that relationship. But I think more than anything, being at the forefront of the sales agent's mind. So I believe I have fantastic relationships with our sales agents and I know they love and trust me because I've I've proved to them in the past that if they give me a referral, I'll over-service it. I'll keep them up to date throughout the process. But I think it's always about being there to add more value to them rather than asking for a lead, asking for a lead. And look, just an example of something I've just released via um, my social media is um, a video series called Why Invest Here? And what I'm going to do is interview each sales agent and we're going to talk about the area they specialize in and I'm going to touch base on vacancy rates and then hand it over to the sales agent and ask them to explain why is that a good suburb, provide their contact details um, and then offer to the market if they had any more questions about that suburb to please contact Simon Whitehead, for example. That will go out to my social media and it'll obviously have a boost and then it'll go out to my database as well. So they're doing something for me, but I'm adding value to them so that when they're thinking about the next person they're meeting that has an investment property, it's got to be a no-brainer that they have to give that person yeah, details to perfect. Me. What a simple way of actually giving them value for working with you because it's, it's great for them. They would have no one else in their marketplace who actually markets themselves that way. Absolutely. So it's those little things. And I think the biggest thing that sometimes we forget is that um, – the actual sales agent is our client as well. And mm. it's the same with buyer's agents or referral partners. So the moment I sign up one of my sales agent's properties, I've actually got a templated email that goes out to them saying, congratulations and thank you. We have just signed up your client at X address um, and we'll, we're hitting the market on X date and we'll keep you updated throughout the campaign. So that lets them know, great, we've secured that business and now we're going to safeguard it for them. On the back end of that, once we've rented the property, we have another templated email that goes out to them that says, um, great news, we've just rented um, X address. We rented this for X amount. The lease is starting on X date and it's a 12-month lease. We'd love for you to give the client a call and see what their feedback was. Yeah, now, the reason fantastic. This, this email is so powerful is because we've given them information on why, another touch point to touch base with their client. We've given them information to put into their database to be able to touch base with the client in another 12 months. And we also then know that we've provided a great service to that client and they're only going to have great things to say. They're going to reinforce the client to the sales agent why they should give us more business. So it's just a really powerful 20-second email that um, I think is, great for relationship building and trust building with the sales team. Do you offer them any incentives, Natalie, after, you know, you've rented the property out? Do you give the sales agent mm-hmm. any any incentives? Yes, so the sales agents get a 50% of the let fee 
and then they get tagged to that property. So the moment that client was to give any indication that they'd be looking at selling, it goes back to the sales agent. Perfect. Really, really simple. Now, you talked about social media and I do see you a Mm -hmm. lot. You're great at your videos and uh, you share a lot of content. Uh, what made you go to the video side of doing things and maybe share with our BDMs this thing or even property managers, What what have you got a, a, a plan, a strategy? What do you decide what you're going to talk about? And then how do you know what's working for you? Mm-hmm. So I should have more of a plan or more of a strategy when it comes to social media in terms of knowing, okay, on this date, I'm going to be launching X to the to social media. I actually don't. I do wing it a little bit in terms of, when I'm putting, what content I'm putting on there. But I always think about the content that I'm putting out to the market. Is it giving someone information rather than asking for something? Because I believe by providing information, that will automatically get you the return in the end that you're ultimately looking for. So video content can vary in terms of campaign results. Now we know, and um, the statistics have shown that Uh, Facebook will engage more with video than what they will with a photo. Mm -hmm. So I believe gone are the days where you do just list and just least on on your Facebook, but you can do a campaign summary video of, you know, you had X amount of people through X amount of applications and it achieved X price. Now, people will watch a quick 20, 30 second video on that information, but they would potentially look past a photo of a front of a house where you're explaining that. Yes, yes. the content does vary on educational videos, definitely personal stuff. So if you looked at my Facebook page, you'd be able to get a pretty quick indication of who I am. I have a husband, I have a dog that I absolutely love. I do respite with Elizabeth. She's got autism. Um, I've renovated, I've sold, we've got our own investment properties and I'm absolutely passionate about customer experience. I think anyone that kind of looked across my Facebook page would be able to get a really good feel about who I am. So I think that's really important as well to keep the engagement high plus provide the, the content and information that people are looking for. What I love about what you've just done there, Natalie, is you've actually been really, really clear in terms of how you want the customer to see you as the person who works at Harcourt Solutions in your role. You've just articulated and everything you do on social media connects back to those three or four things that you are very, very clear about. And and it's the whole thing of I know you are like you and trust you, but if they don't know you or like you because they know something about your personal life or they know about who you are, where you work, what your likes and dislikes are, they're probably never going to be able to trust with you anyway. So what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And I think the beauty of my social media is, and this is a little uh, strategy I use, I actually send everyone to my social media before I meet with them. So if you called into our office and you wanted to have me over for a a rental appraisal, I actually send you immediately what is called a blue box for us. And that's information on um, landlord insurance, smoke alarms, a property management pre-listing guide, and then a summary of our performance over the last um, 12 months as a property management team, thanking them confirming their appointment time and it also is a little link there that says um, I'd recommend you pop over to my Facebook page and have a little bit of a look at who we are and how we operate and then I've got a link there Natalie South Harcourt Solutions Um, because you're right Sadna 100% people do business with people they trust 
So before I've even met the client, and this has happened on a number of occasions, before I've even met the client, we've got something in common. So I had someone comment the other day to say, um, I could see she was lurking in the background, but we actually had a rental appraisal booked and she commented and liked on something. And I said, oh, hi, Candice, there you are. You've come out of the background. And this was a client I'd never even met. And um, I said, well, at least you know who I am now. And she wrote back saying, well, I like property, I like pets, and my husband goes all right. So before I'd even met her, we'd had something in common that then transferred through to the listing and I actually Mm. signed that up even though it was on the market with another sales agent with a different company. Fantastic. So, um, and you you mentioned the blue box. This is something really simple Mm -hmm. that you send out to all of your clients before you even go and Mm -hmm. meet them. It's not really that um, popular in property management is that we tend to just turn up with an authority and a couple of brochures. We don't, I mean, unlike sales, we don't actually send them a pre-listing kit. No, and I think that's the difference. If they're calling around to three or four different property managers and you've actually provided them with you know, content that they can have a look at between now because I think we take for granted um, what this process involves, becoming an investor or being a landlord for the first time because we do it every single day. It's nothing to us, but this is dealing with one of or if not their biggest asset. So it's a really nerve-wracking process for them. So for them to have a little bit of information to read through and have a bit of an idea of what we're going to be discussing when we do and look I'll give that when I speak to the client I say to them look I am going to send you through a confirmation email there is going to be some information in there if you get a chance to read through it great if you don't don't worry too much because we are going to go through it together when we meet tomorrow afternoon and then you know I've seen you do your property videos so you you'll stand in front of a property and you'll do a video and you'll do a walkthrough and you'll put that on your social media pages do you then invite the owners of that property to like it and share it themselves Yes, so we do send the link to the to the clients as well. Um, generally, we find they kind of sit in the background. I wouldn't say we have a high share like in terms of mm. those property videos. Um, they, the clients do tend to see when I see the most engagement from my clients is um, when I. I win an award or something like that. Yes. So that, uh, that's when I know they're engaging because that's when you, you look back at the post and it's great work, Natalie, you deserve it or you can see the like. So they kind of stay disengaged with the day-to-day, but they obviously are seeing it because when I put up a post that they want to relate with or want to engage with, I see that they do. They do, yeah. Now, you, you work across four different suburbs and one of the things that I know is happening a lot out in the marketplace is particularly today when we're consolidating businesses and we don't necessarily want to have a business in every suburb that we want to operate in or an office in every suburb that we want to operate in. Um, But our clients are still assuming that, you know, you need to be a local real estate agent or property manager to provide a high level of service. How do you overcome the objection when the client says to you, oh, but I'm looking for a local agent? Yeah, look, um, in terms of us, because we do have five offices, we do service a very, very large portion of Brisbane. So um, probably a lot larger than your standard property manager. So this is something that I come across a lot. Um, I actually don't believe in local experts. I believe in having a property management team that have a process and procedure second to none to ensure that we can get you the best price in the lowest possible time frame um, and increase the return on the investment. So gone are the days where people walk into offices to 
look for properties, your your tenants are looking on realestate.com. So the process we have when we're putting you to the market in terms of your professional photography and your floor plans and the content we're giving them and the type of listing that we do have on realestate.com is what's going to make sure that your property gets rented. Yeah, a really good point because I think a lot of our owners think that the tenant is only looking at a localised area of, of a particular suburb to find the property and, and they still want to walk into a office to report maintenance, whereas tenants would rather report a maintenance of an app than actually physically walk in anywhere. Absolutely. And look, I do think that that, um, that thought process in the market is changing. I would say it's a minority um, of people that believe you need to be. Like I'll have people call me and say, look, we're looking to change from um, X agent at Lutwich because our property is in Everton Park and we think we need a local agent. Well, Lutwich is 10 minutes from Everton Park. Yeah. So they are still still a local agent. But that's a very minority of, uh, I believe, the landlords. Um, i as we move through, people understand that everything is done online. And look, you just we refer back to them. You know, when you're looking for a property, where do you look? Realestate.com. So when you're searching through and looking for a property on realestate.com, what do you search for? So just relating, because everyone's either bought, sold, rented, um, or been a landlord generally. They've had one of those experiences. So they've been through that process themselves. They just probably necessarily haven't thought of how did they go about it. So if they've done it recently, you just draw it back. And that all comes through really, really good questioning when you meet with the landlord. Mm -hmm. So um, through good questions, you can understand where they are in the journey and what information is important to them and where you really need to touch base on. So I think being able to ask good quality questions really helps you when you are meeting with a client to try and win the business. I think you and I are going to have to do a podcast on scripts and dialogues at some point, Natalie, because you're absolutely <laughs> right. The, the questions is the key, isn't it? Now, um, one of the things that, uh, you know, the, and I don't know what it's like in, in your market, but certainly some of the markets that I've heard about, um, people are talking about, you know, I want a cheaper fee. So I want you to provide mm. me really awesome levels of service, but I want you to mm -hmm. do it at a discounted rate. What do you say yeah. when people ask you to drop your fees? Absolutely. And look, that is very common in our marketplace as well. Um, to the point over the last, you know, sort of six to eight months, I've, I've seen it dramatically increase. Um, so I basically explain to them what that fee is going to be. The difference in that fee is going to be on a weekly basis. So, um, you know, fees do range out in the marketplace, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, from anywhere between 7 to 12% plus GST. We're not the lowest, we're not the most expensive. We believe we sit in the middle and we offer you a great service. Now, when you are comparing fees, what I want you to take into consideration, if we're 1% different to the next property manager you're looking at, that's going to work out to be $4 on a weekly basis. Mm. A good property manager will well and truly make you $180 over a 12-month period or if I rent your property two days sooner, you're going to be then in a better financial position and be achieving better service than what you would at your 7.7%. Great. That's a perfect response to that. I hope our listeners have written that down somewhere because that <laughs> is the perfect response. Um, moving yeah. on from, from the whole uh, listing and, and the fee discussion, I know you're very passionate mm -hmm. and you're very clear about this on your social media as well about providing a, a wow level of service to your clients. So what are some of the mm -hmm. things that you are doing in your business to create that wow experience for your clients? Yeah, and look, I always... 
I try and nail, like, I've, I've tried to define what it actually is, but there's not anything specific that I believe I do outside of what we should be doing on a daily basis. Communication is the most important thing to someone. I know when my investment property is vacant, I want to be kept up to date in terms of who's been through the property, what that feedback is. So just for example, and this seems like a very simple thing, but a lot of people don't do it. Every single time we go to the property, we use Inspect Real Estate. The owner will get a a detailed written report in terms of who came through the property, say two adults, two children. When are they looking to move in two to three weeks? How long are they looking to be there? 12 months. What did they like about the property? and Did they have any concerns about the property? So if we have five groups through, all of a sudden the owner can see, okay, we're getting couples through with children. Um, they're looking to move in in sort of two-ish weeks. They want long-term leases and all the families have had concerns that there's no fans in the bedrooms. So that's a minor change we can make to the property to make the property more rentable. So being really transparent with who's coming through the property and those reports aren't going out the next day. Those reports are going out within an hour of that owner knowing that we were at their property to hold an inspection. And you so do that really you do that through yeah, IRE directly? So- Correct, exactly. So we, we've changed, and a lot of people might not know this, this is a handy tip, through um, Inspect Real Estate, you can change the template of the report that's going out to your owners. So I put in that report what I think the owners would want to know. So we just ask three questions before they even come into the property. When are they looking at moving? How long are they staying? And who are they looking for? And then on the way back, we get what they liked about the property and did they have any concerns? So it's a really easy way to be able to be transparent with who's coming through the property and what the market is saying about the property, which transfers through to us being able to have price discussions if we need to, which then gets the property rented for a price that they're really happy with. Yeah, and that's perfect, so communi- isn't it? Communication is, is definitely, I think, the most important aspect of providing a really high level of service even on a Friday afternoon they open homes on a Saturday I just shoot my owners a text or an email you know hi Sardner I just want to let you know we've got the open home booked in for 9 30 tomorrow morning and we currently have four groups registered I'll update you I'll update you by late tomorrow afternoon once the inspections are finished yeah so simple but easy to do and after, after you've leased it, so so actually, you know, before you don't, so you give feedback to the owners on the weekend. You give them uh, mm-hmm. pre feedback on the Friday about how many people are turning up at mm-hmm. the at the open. And then let's say mm-hmm. it's taking two or three weeks to lease it. How quickly do you drop the rent? After the first week, so I have a plan A and a plan B price depending on what strategy the owner takes. And if the owner's looking to list the property at, you know, 500, but everything we've looked at really indicates that the property is more so around that 470, 475 mark. We go with the, the plan A price, the, the 500 initially, with a commitment that if we don't have an outcome after the first open home, the Monday morning we're immediately making that amendment. Mm. So just for example, I had five properties that didn't rent over the weekend. All of those I'd had price reduction agreements to by Saturday night at 7 p.m. Yeah. So when Mary come in on Monday, it was an immediate amendment through Inspect Real Estate, re-advise all the tenants of time, and then all the owners got confirmations of what we've discussed and an overview of their marketing campaign from realestate.com. So once the property has been leased, how do you do the handover to the property manager? Yes, the old BDM to property yes. manager yes. Um, hurdle. 
<laughs> so um, we actually have a, a couple of steps. So from the client, I would call the client and say, congratulations, the property is officially rented. Um, there's a list of documents. So I look after the client from the initial meeting right through to marketing, vetting and securing, ensuring the property is 100% rental ready. So cleans done or cleans approved. Smoke alarms are done. Water compliance is done. The property is ready for a tenant to move in and the entry condition report done by the property management team. So we make sure all of those documents are back before we hand it over to the property manager because there's nothing worse than the property manager calling and saying, hi, Sardna, just taken over the management of your property. I'm Natalie and I need you to get a full bond clean done and that's going to be $700. Yes. So we make sure that all of those conversations are done with us so that way when the property goes over, it's an introduction call. So I do a handover email from myself to the property manager, to the client, CC the property manager in, the property manager has to call the client by close of business that day just to introduce themselves, run through any questions the client might have, and then a copy of the lease is sent to the client immediately after that with an introduction email. Thank you for your time. Here are my contact details. We look forward to working with you. And then do you, once the handover's done, and I'm, I have no doubt it will be done in a seamless way, um, do you mm-hmm. then touch base with those clients on a regular basis? Absolutely. So I have a three-month follow-up in terms of when I touch base with the client as a scheduled touch-in point. Then I have Mother's Day, Father's Day. So um, I would like to think I know my clients really, really well in terms of do they have kids, where have they moved to, what's going on in their life, what's a little something I can relate to with them. So on Mother's and Father's Day, I send individualised and I'm sure at some stage I'm not going to be able to do this as the, the client count grows, but individualised text messages, um, you know, happy Mother's Day, you deserve a great day, hope you enjoy it with the three grandkids, if I know they've got grandkids. Um, and then at Christmas time, I actually send a, a video wishing them Merry Christmas via text message again. I think email is definitely still important to communicate by, um, but people are far more likely to read a text message video on their phone than what they are to read an email video. Um, so I do a lot of that touch base either via phone or via a text message rather than email. And I, I know you and I had a chat yesterday and we talked about, you know, you touching base with your database and, and making the, the prospecting mm-hmm. phone calls. And, and you, in, in mm-hmm. two short years, which is just unbelievable, you've got to a point where you don't need to make those calls anymore because you're getting referral business from your referral partners, from your uh, mortgage brokers, from your buyer's agents, and then from your own sales agents, the 15 that you work with. But I'm going to take mm-hmm. you back. Let's say it's day one, Natalie South starting day one or you know, you're only a few months into your new role as a BDM, particularly for those people who are listening who are in that position, what advice do you have for them as they're starting out? Because you don't get to My where you are is- overnight, right? So what's the work no. that you need to do? You need to cons- uh, my biggest advice would be, um, and I still I still prospect I still have a database that I work with, but I don't do any cold calling anymore. It's all warm calling. So just because someone doesn't need you now doesn't mean they're not going to need you in three, six, nine months. So just for example, if anyone's out in the marketplace looking for an investment property, offer them obligation free rental appraisals as they look at properties outside of your office. Um, because sometimes we find, Mr. Mr. Landlord, that the rental appraisal can be reflective of the sale price rather than the rental market. So I'm just here to provide you with a second opinion. Now, nine times out of 10, if you work with an investor and they're looking to purchase and you've given them obligation-free rental appraisals throughout their buying process, they're going to trust you and come back to you when they do purchase. So don't do something for now. Do something 
for, just do something for later. We've not, it's, and I think the biggest thing I do is I don't do things to expect something in return. I just got a referral from a lady that I'd never even worked with, um, but I provided her help throughout her selling process to help her with her mortgage and her refinance. Now, she referred her brother um, to me and that ended up being, you know, $1,300 worth of income for investment properties and we have never even worked together. We've met once at her property. Mm -hmm. Um, So do do things for people without expecting something in return, but know your hard work, your attention to detail, your consistency will pay off. So look at the people looking to buy investment properties, not just the ones that have properties now. Your referral partners, they've probably already got someone that they're okay with. They provide them an okay service. Reading a buyer's agent or an accountant or a mortgage broker once and saying, we want to work with you, do you want to work with us? If they say no, don't take that as a no. Send them a thank you card with your business um, card saying thanks so much for your time. And the next month, touch base with them again and send them a a $20 or $30 fruit basket. At Easter, we send $10 chocolate baskets. Be different and stand out from the other 30 BDMs that are ringing saying, hey, we want to work with you. People want people that are consistent and determined and you're going to be able to demonstrate that by not just giving up after the first phone call. Great advice. So what's next? As we come to the end of our of our podcast, what's next for you? Would you have any goals set for yourself for the next 12 months or next few years? I, I do. Um, I did 279 managements last Harcourt's quarter, a Harcourt's year. So I'm looking to do, um, my goal is 300 for this Harcourt's. Financial year. This, this yeah, financial year, so it works out to be. So the Harcourt year works different to um, the the financial year, actually, in terms of month to month. So this one, 300 is where my goal is. Okay, and are you on track at the moment? Because you kind of only a quarter, <laughs> quarter through that financial year. Are you on track? I and Well, we're a little bit, yeah, that's right. I am on track in terms of, well, this month, this quarter, I'm at 50, I'm at 56. So if I can be doing... I'm looking to be doing 76 a quarter, which means I only have to do 21 next month, which is definitely achievable to be on track for that because the numbers are slightly different because now we do have Emma on board. She has half the sales agents. We do get a lot of call-in business by having profile in the market. Um, She has half of those as well. So I'd be really, really comfortable at 300. Well, good luck with that. And thank you so much for talking to us and, and being so open and sharing what you do. I'm assuming if people wanted to reach out to you, the best place for them to find you on Facebook and connect with you there? Absolutely. And I'm always happy to have a chat, have a coffee, provide some advice. I don't believe in BDM versus BDM. I think there's enough business out there. And if everyone in the industry can really lift their game in terms of the service we're providing, then we're going to be a stronger front overall. And what a wonderful note to end this podcast on. Thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to talking to you again soon. No worries, Sadna. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you for listening without edges has been brought to you by harcourts and connect now who have over 15 years experience and pride themselves on ensuring every customer is connected on time to find out more go to connectnow.com.au until next time i'm satna smiles thanks for joining us